You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. It's the day before the big game. People have called, presumably to talk about the big game. So we're going to take some of those calls. If you didn't call about the big game, that's fine. We'll talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. But why don't we get it started? Because I'm um, pretty, pretty, pretty tired. Um, Nico. Oh, nope, nope, nope. Sorry, Nico. Back of the line. New caller. What's up, new caller? How are you doing? Let me just uh, fill in the gaps while I change some settings here, new caller. All right, go. Hello, Ryan. Oh, boy. I am calling to hear your thoughts about the Lions. Is this Batman? They're incredible this year. All right, goodbye. That wasn't Batman, was it? Was that Batman? I don't know. Um, Thank you. I'm your your name is Batman now. So you didn't give me a name and I don't know I don't have a, a better second guess as to what that was. So Batman wants to know are the Lions credible this year? Talk about it a little bit tomorrow because obviously we go through all the games. Overall, we had our pre week one view of what the teams were. We had our post week one view of what teams were and our post week two view of what the teams are slash were. I can tell you comfortably that the view prior to week one is what I think is most accurate when you're looking at the Vikings and the lions after week two, excuse me, after week one, the assumption was the Vikings are this unstoppable force. They're going to tear up the NFC North. They, they, they cannot be stopped. Best offense we've seen in a generation. The lions, you know, they kind of suck, but maybe have some weapons, which, by the way, is probably still pretty accurate. But that was post-week one. Post-week two, the Vikings are a joke. Um, they took advantage of a Packers team that actually isn't very good and is stupid. Um, but they're terrible, and Kirk Cousins is terrible, and the defense is terrible, and everything's terrible. And the Lions are um, at least the second-best team in the division, if not the number one team in the division, and it's the craziest thing ever. They got a great offense and maybe even a good defense. Dude, relax. The Lions are what we thought they were, in my opinion. 
They have a questionable offense, which is to say questionable from the standpoint of they might be good, but I'm not sure, which is where I stand right now. I know they've scored a good amount of points. I I understand all that, but I also understand Jared Goff is still a garbage quarterback. I understand the offensive line is actually not playing very well. I understand a lot of their production has come from their running back that has never been that good of a running back, so I expect him to not be able to sustain that. There's still a team that is just Amon Ross St. Brown, and that's it, and they're missing a bunch of offensive linemen. I don't expect sustained success from that. They have inflated success based on who knows. Week one, again, was playing a bunch of catch-up, and week two was against Washington. They scored 36 points. And, and again, you know, 36 points, that's a lot of points and everything. But Washington has one of the worst defenses in football. I mean, one of the worst teams in general, but they're, they're not good. The, the bottom line is, I don't have a lot of information, and, and the information I have hasn't changed. For example, if you just look at PFF and say, what's different about this team? Like, who's breaking out? And what, what, did, what did PFF get wrong previously? In other words, what... When you look at last year's grades compared to what it is now, what's different? Nothing. The, the defense is better, slightly, right? Um, Aiden Hutchinson is graded out still pretty terribly, although his, his stats are great because he's, he's doing the rookie Rashawn Gary thing. He's an athletic freak who's going to get some stats, and everybody's going to say he's great. And if you say he's not, you're going to be called an idiot. But the consistency isn't there on a play-to-play basis. He's going to flash one minute and fall off for the next five, but nobody's going to see that because in order to be a great pass rusher, if you get like one sack in a game, people can be like, dude, Aiden tore it up again because that's that's all you have to do. But yeah, I mean, when you're the number two offense in football scoring 35 and 36, you know, you, you got to at least give some level of credit. And, and I will until the, that comes down. But I'm sorry, Jared Goff is still your quarterback and you only have one wide receiver and you do have injuries across your uh, across your offensive line. And DeAndre Swift is not a top two running back in the NFL. So. Excuse me if I'm skeptical with your ability to continue this this progress. I think you blew up in week two against a bad defense, and I think week one, again, as we already knew, was garbage time points. I mean, they had 14 points at halftime, right? I mean, it's not, it's not bad, but it's certainly not elite offense level. And then in the third quarter, it became 31 to 14. And then, yeah, at that point, they kind of, you know, kicked it in gear a little bit and got some extra points and tried to get caught up. They ended up driving down, getting a touchdown, and then they gave up another touchdown. It was 38-21, to 21, which is what it was at the four, in the fourth quarter. They ended up tacking on two more touchdowns in the fourth quarter to bring it up to what it is. But I, I, I don't know how they sustain 30-plus point games throughout the season. With, with what? That, that's what somebody needs to answer to me. With what? How do they do it? Sheer force of will by, as driven by their head coach? Come on. They don't have any football players on their offense. They got Amon Ross St. Brown. Big deal. The Raiders have Devontae Adams. They haven't won a football game yet. And then on the flip side, the Vikings, again, as I say tomorrow, I think they're being dumped on way too hard. I think the Vikings are a significantly better team than the Lions are, and I think they're going to prove that. I think Kirk Cousins is going to bounce back because it's a noon game, not a Monday night game, which, you know, again, apparently is still an issue. He's fantastic when he comes back from a loss. And I think they're going to expose what is a really bad defense for the Detroit Lions. Maybe not as bad as, as they appeared to start the season. They're, they've, they've certainly proven to be, you know, the defensive tackles are not worst in the NFL and the corners have, have stepped up somewhat, but best of luck against this group. You know, the last time they went up against pretty good wide receivers in the Eagles, what did they give up? 38 points. I mean, heck, they gave up 27 against Washington. So the defense is garbage. I mean, they're, they're ranked 31st and 30th 
So right there, are they a legit team? No, they have one of the worst defenses in football, as evidenced by the players and the stats and everything else. The question is, can they maintain 35 points a game with Jared Goff, Amon Ross St. Brown, and, and, and DeAndre Swift? Come on, man. I, I want the Lions to win just because I still think it's fake, and if they end up winning, it's hilarious, and I can make fun of the Vikings and all that stuff. But there's a big part of me that wants the Vikings to just absolutely pummel the Lions just so we can all stop being ridiculous. So that's where I'm at. Thanks for the call, uh, Batman. All right, now let's bring it back to Mr. Nico. Ryan, what is up? What is up, man? That's this what I want to know. Nico. What up? My dog. Just kind of listening to your uh, laughing at the enemy today. Uh, that was such a blessing. <laughs> um, yes. You know, it's fun watching them squirm, the Bears fan. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if someone were to say how many – losses from the Packers would it take for Bears fans to unravel? Well, I guess we know the answer is one. It's <laughs> one loss, and that's, they're making a that's it. slow nickname for Roquan, and I could probably take slow one for Cole Komet, yeah. but I, I, it was, I <laughs> too funny. Um, I guess you could say that if they had a realistic expectation of their actual team's talent and yeah. what they were likely going to win, you know, three to five, six games, they wouldn't be freaking out on the first loss. Right. But, you know, they, they do it to themselves. Exactly they right. They're going to win it all because it's preseason and they haven't lost yet. Um, so that's just a blessing to watch them freak out. Can't wait. You know, it's the cool thing is, you know, we may not win the Super Bowl every year or even go to the playoffs every year, but every year we can just sit back and watch Bears fans totally lose their stuff and just flop around like a fish on a dock. It's yep. awesome. I don't know if you're making one for the Vikings as well, but if, if they have uh, come un- as unraveled as the Bears fans, I, I want to hear that too. Um, so, hey, I like the last at the enemy, so you know how that goes. So, hey, uh, uh, launch the podcast, and uh, go Pat Go, and uh, here's some more uh, players from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers not playing next week. Appreciate that, Nico. He did call in on Wednesday. We're, we're a little bit behind, obviously. Um have I really not done one since Wednesday? That seems that seems surprising. Uh, anyways, yeah, and that's that's the reason why I said to you, don't don't tell them, right? Don't tell them. They don't. They forgot, right? Because they had pretty realistic expectations coming in. I mean, they were they were kind of obnoxious, like, yeah, well, we're your wide receivers are worse than ours, and and they got into arguments with the Lions fans about being better than the Lions, like who was, you know. Fighting over who's the third worst team in football and and just ridiculous stuff like that, just, just trying to prove they're not the worst, right? We don't have the worst wide receivers. That's the Packers. We don't have the worst team. That's the Lions or whatever. Obviously, all that has shifted at this point. But um, then, yeah, after that week one victory, they started going psycho. And and like I said, just don't tell them because reality is going to smack them right in the mouth, and they're going to just lose their mind. And that's that's the best kind of revenge you can imagine, right? I mean, if they were cool, that's a different that's a different thing. But they're being so just awful about everything, and so just just toxic and stupid. And you realize the best way to get back at them is to let them believe they're really good, and just let them be crushed by their own team. Let the Bears do it. You don't have to do it. Let the Bears do it. They'll do it for you. Let Justin Fields and Roquan Smith and Luke Getze, let those guys do it for you. And you're right. If, if they just had more realistic expectations, which I think they did kind of going into the season, which 
it was always funny. They, they pretended to have realistic expectations, but I don't, I don't think they ever really did because they simultaneously would be like, well, we're only going to win like five or six games, I think. And that was kind of the consensus among Bears fans. But at the same time, they're like, no, I mean, legitimately, we have a pretty good offensive line. And, and really, Justin Fields, if he takes a step, he could be like a really good quarterback. And and honestly, our wide receivers are not that bad. And, and really, Montgomery's like a top 10 guy. And and Mooney's like a top five receiver. And, and Jalen Johnson is, is a top 10 corner. And and, and we still have a, a really, you know, a, a top 10 defense. And it's like, I'm, I'm sorry, you're not describing to me a six-win team. You're not. So you can pretend to be realistic and say we're going to win five, six games, but even in your own mind, you believe that this roster is a playoff-caliber, Super Bowl-contending football team. That's what you're describing to me. At the very least, you're describing, like, the 49ers. Right, like, well, they got Garoppolo isn't great, and we've got a couple holes here and there, but you know, I mean, top ten defense for sure. You know, we got some weapons, Kittle and Debo. We at least got that going for us. So yeah, now and now, now is the ultimate panic time because if they were going up against team like you know the the Bucks or the Rams or the Chiefs or something, then you know they they could. It doesn't matter because they 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 can talk tough, and then if the Bears lose, they can just sit back and go, yeah, well. You would have lost to him too, and so what? It doesn't mean anything. We know we're not like better than the Chiefs, but we're we're better than what you think, and we're better than you, and all that stuff. If they lose to the Texans, there's nothing left. There's there there isn't a single. There aren't many excuses left to begin with. There's none left anymore. There's a whole bunch of facades out there for the Bears. Like Fields is actually quite good, and all these these little things that that nobody wants to put them down at that level of the Texans. They're, everybody has them on like, you know, one rung higher. They're not like useless. They're just kind of bad and struggling and haven't found their way. If they lose to the Texans, I'm sorry, they go to the bottom of the pile. And they know it. And that's what makes this game so nerve-wracking. I mean, that, that's honestly the one thing that scared me about playing the Bears is, dude, what if we lose? What the heck do we do then? It's one thing to lose to Tampa and be like, whatever, it's Tampa. That was a playoff game. We didn't win. Back to the drawing board. It sucks but it's Tampa. But if you lose to the Texans, dude, if your quarterback is worse than Davis Mills, if your team is worse than, than Lovey Smith's Texans, if your offensive line can't hold up like theirs does, if your defense doesn't play like theirs does, that's a different, different animal entirely. So it's, it's, a, it's a win-win. The, o- the only real loss is if the Bears blow out the Texans, because then it's like, oh, see, I told you, I told you. Packers got lucky last week. Monsoon game week one, which we still won. Bears are on top. Ba 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 ba. But I don't think that's going to happen. Let's get to Joe. Hey, Brian. It's Joe the janitor. What up, Joe the janitor? How are you doing? I'm all right, man. How you Long doing? time no talk. Yeah. So, um, awesome game against the Bears. Ran the ball. Yeah. Sammy Watkins played phenomenal. Yep. Uh, we got Jenkins back. We did. I mean, amazing. And uh, we beat the Bears. We own the Bears. Yep. So it's good. Oh, good. good to get a home game and be 1-1. One and one. Um, So haven't talked to the brother-in-law <laughs> since uh, the incident with his fantasy points and Justin Jefferson. I don't care. Um, didn't, he, didn't he do nothing against... Uh... The Eagles, that was, that was your big... This is why I, I keep telling you not to like burn the bridges and make, be so dramatic about everything. Just take it in stride and wait, right? Just just be like Mike. Everybody was picking on Mike 
about Sammy Watkins and all that stuff. And he just waited and he waited. Sammy's on IR and now he's just pulling receipts and going to town. Don't don't freak out and burn bridges because you're you're gonna get your time to come back, man. So just just chill. Let him talk his trash. And then when he has a bad day, like happened against the Eagles, you tear him up. But now you can't because you cut him off from your life. Yeah, pretty much writing him out of my life. That's but literally what news. I just said. <laughs> I did um I did get a uh, another custodial uh, And I was kidding. A job through a temp agency there at you go. the uh local um movie theater. So I will be uh doing some custodial activities as well as uh running some cash registers and stuff like that. Um it should be good. Seems like a dope job, man. Like, I would assume you get to watch movies and eat popcorn for free. And all you got to do is, like, sweep up the popcorn. Uh, I'm not suggesting you eat the popcorn that you sweep up. I'm just saying, I mean, you know, I don't know. If you clean the floor, maybe it's clean. I don't know. I'm just saying, you probably some perks that come along with that. It'd be fun. It will be uh, sometimes at night and sometimes. Better than at a school. That's for sure. There's nothing good about a school. It's just bratty kids being stupid. That place, you just hide out somewhere. Nobody pays attention. Everyone's out having. Everyone's in a good mood, you know. I think it's a. I think it's a good move by you. Matinee, but uh, I went in yesterday for a little while. It showed up things, and um, you know, um, one weird thing I found is uh, you know these coffee filters to um, filter out the popcorn oil and reuse it. Nope. Uh, pretty interesting. Anyway, I don't know that. So uh, about the game coming up, Tampa Bay talking about filtering things. I want to filter out the noise of Tom Brady. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I don't know. Do you think this is a must-win game? Nope. I believe it is. Nope. Is if you look at it this way, if Tampa Bay beats us, they're 3-0. and We're 1-2. and mm-hmm. And they have the tiebreaker over us. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a must-win game. Um, I think if we don't beat it with how decimated they are, at receiver, well, let's bring in Cole Beasley. Woohoo! Now you got Brady recruiting guys. Yeah, let's see how that goes. Anyway, um, good talk. A call back, maybe. Uh, I'm going to be uh, scraping gum and filtering popcorn oil for now. I dig it. At the local movie theater. Dude, you're going to so, smell like popcorn and butter? Now. Have a great day. Go Pack Go. The biggest fan is Stan Shalom. Oh, eat that stuff right out of the right out of the pumper, however that works. Um, no, I mean we, we'd have to define what must win means, and um, certainly this is has nothing to do with our ability to win a Super Bowl. Doesn't have anything to do with our ability to get into the playoffs. If you're talking number one seed, it makes it much more difficult because you're chasing Tampa, and Tampa's probably not going to lose a lot of games. So you're depending on them losing a bunch um, and us you know, being able to, to pass them. So, I, I mean, if, if you drop the terminology of must win and, and rephrase that, maybe I would agree with you, but no, I, I think can we still have a great record? Can we still get into the playoffs? And does it, more importantly, does it impact I don't know, much of anything? It, it, it doesn't. Like you said, seeding is, is going to be tough. But other than that, no. I mean, I, all I want to know is, are we going to get into the playoffs, and are we going to be a good team when we get there? That's what's important. And I, I don't, I'm not going to be able to tell any of that information from week three. 
you mentioned like, well, you can't even beat Tampa when they're when they're beat down. Well, yeah, we can't now. Will we be able to then? It's a different team at the end of the uh, end of the year, as will the Buccaneers be. Hopefully, better, maybe worse. There's you know, you, everybody gets better, but everybody also gets beat up, right? The tackling gets better. The the everybody's on the same page more. You know, the everybody's more in sync. But you're also losing pieces, and and it's a whole big thing. But no, I, I don't think a a one and two team gets necessarily eliminated from playoff contention, which I know isn't what you're saying, but that's that would be sort of my my closer to my definition of must win. Hey Ryan, Brandon again. Hey. Bramble, Brambo. It's me. Bramble. Like calling back. Yep. I was listening to the episode that came out this morning and got to the part where you're discussing the Twitter controversy or backlash people going after Bakhtiari. Yeah. I haven't seen it. The only place I've heard the narrative is from Jason Wilby. I he has a stream of uh, visits he does on the radio, and then there's a podcast that gets put out with all the different interviews. Every single interview that he's been on for the last two to three days has been him mentioning how there is a um, a large section of the Twitter fan base that is basically going hard against Bakhtiari saying that it's all his fault. Um, I don't know what Willie's problem is lately. He seemed like he got really butthurt uh, with the whole Rogers immunization thing. And ever since then, he's been carrying on this little crusade. Um, and now he's going after the fans for some reason. So that's what's going on. I will continue to listen and call back if I wish. Right. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I was what I was saying is I hear people saying that people are saying it, but I don't see anybody saying it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I see everybody saying stop attacking David Bakhtiari, stop saying that he's the one to blame, stop saying that he's doing something wrong and I have not seen a single person attack David Bakhtiari. I've seen a lot of people saying he's not coming back, and I'm not even necessarily saying it's not true. It's probably a thing where Either one prominent person said it, or maybe sometimes what happens on on a thing like Twitter is there'll be one guy with like three followers that'll say something and everybody blows it up about how horrible it is. And then everyone's like, you need to be better. And I can't believe that people say these things. And it's just, it's one irrelevant person, but I can't even find that one irrelevant person. It almost reminds me of the other thing that you see on social media is how nobody is talking about the Brett Favre situation, which is hilarious because all I see on Twitter is about how nobody's talking about the Brett Favre situation which is ironic how everybody is talking about the fact that nobody is talking about it. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I thought you were going to say that Jason Wildey was like the guy that made a comment about it and people maybe were going after Wildey about it, but I don't know. I, I, I'm, I still, I mean, I put it out there on, on my podcast. I said, show me one person that has said it. And, you know, obviously that doesn't mean you have to. If you've seen it, you're required to. But, I mean... You're welcome to. Nobody did. But anyways, uh, Bakhtiari is coming back. And it's funny because, you know, it was um, Tyler Herrick. I like Tyler. But even the video he put out, which was an awesome video, but it was like, you know, something about like, this is for the haters or whatever. And it's like, I I don't know who that is. (laughs) I, I really don't know. I have not seen a single hater. 
I have seen people say we should just cut him, but that's pessimism, not really hating. That's I love David Bakhtiari so much that I am in pain thinking about him not being here, and I'm going to mask my pain with anger by saying we should just cut him because, you know, he's never coming back. But it's clearly not anger toward David Bakhtiari or saying that he's doing anything wrong. It's just I'm I'm a pessimist that doesn't think he's ever coming back, and it would be better if we cut him, even though it's probably not better. But, you know, again, it's not a rational thought. It's just... Tell you what, I'm actually, it's bad timing because Bakhtiari is coming back, so all the big news is going to be about that. I'm just going to type Bakhtiari in on Twitter and just see what I find on the, on the top things. So I see, the first tweet I see referencing it, and again, there's, there's only two things. There's people actually bad-mouthing him, and there's people talking about it. I won't name names here, but um, saying that he is choosing to sit out and steal money from the team is upsetting the team, saying that people are saying this. See somebody else claiming that, Bakhtiari is defrauding the Packers. Again, not saying it, just saying that people are saying it. I do see somebody saying, I fear his career is over, but that's not negative in terms of attacking him. That's just stating the fear. Sorry, I'm just I'm having to scroll through like dozens of people that are super excited he's back and, and laughing at the haters to try to find anything relevant here. So anyways, I, I, again, I'm sure this is coming from somewhere, but to imply that this is like a far-reaching thing, I... I I haven't seen one, so I, I don't know. It's it's weird how things like that happen. It's almost like if the boy who cried wolf had just like created a lynch mob, you know, and the whole town is out. I mean, maybe that's how the story goes. I don't know. I just I I didn't really picture like the whole town, but imagine like the word spread and then it spread throughout the town and then it spread throughout like the larger whatever, and it became like a nationwide manhunt for for a wolf that didn't exist. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Why don't we take a break? Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you'd like to support the podcast. FertileGroundRanch.org if you'd like to uh, check them out and what they're doing. That is Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. You can find links to donate uh, pinned to the top of my Twitter as well as to the top of the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news, so don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. What's us days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. No, I didn't just misread that. That's up to $1,200 off. They must really like you. Us days at U.S. Cellular, exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice 
the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hey, Ryan, it's Dennis. Hey. Uh, the other day, I heard you say, I told us so. Yes. And I just want to let you know I heard it, and I appreciate it uh, very much. I like to think <laughs> about uh, Ricky's command of the English language all the time. Yeah. Uh, it's his genius. And I think that Rob Wells, who is Ricky, really, and Clattenburg, who came up with the idea, and Mike Smith, who wrote most of that crap, I would wager, uh, in order to butcher the English language like that and make it so funny, I would wager they all know exactly what to do with an Oxford comma. Uh, just like the Impressionists were all classically trained, you know, they could paint like Rembrandt, uh, but they're like, yeah, you know, it's been done. This is what it looks like fuzzy. So, which brings me to the success of your show uh, and how that's going to play out in your genius, which is really just making things relatable. Uh, it was like a month ago or something. I have no idea what you're talking about, but you, you like all of a sudden you said, you know, it's like merging on the freeway. So I don't know if that was perfectly relatable to, to the, to the context. <laughs> probably. I think most of your analogies are, uh, I know everything about merging on the freeway. So yeah, I absolutely that, that I almost called like right then, like, cause I just had an incident, you know, merging on the freeway. I always do. So, <laughs> I think being true to yourself, um, because, yeah, what got me thinking about this was, uh, uh, Baumgartner and uh, the hook there would be chili, right? You cook, he cooks chili now because of the show and, and all that. Uh, logistically, I don't know how you guys are going to get together and cook chili, but, uh, you did mention that, you know, barbecue or something like that would be, you know, maybe how you would hang out with, with people on your show and, and maybe it's the next you know, evolution. Um, so is that something that you're considering? Uh, I, I think that, I think that's how you could bring, you know, both sides of your brain together, your passions yeah. together, um, and introduce new people, you know, to the show, a uh, different, you know, the foodies, you know, and then they stick around and uh, come back to your videos for reference and, and stuff like that. Um, I just, I, I just think it's right there for you. So make my words, Ryan, what comes around is all around. <laughs> you know, what's funny is that line, what comes around is all around and a toe to so are right at the forefront of my, of my thinking. I mean, it just, it, it rolls off the tongue. I couldn't for the life of me think of where it came from though. <laughs> so I, I ashamedly had to Google it to be like, where did that come from? At first I was thinking the office, but I remember it immediately followed a swear. It's a totoso, effing a totoso. Like I, I very vividly remember it. I just couldn't remember where it came from. But uh, yeah, now I, now I got it. If you don't know, I'm going to let you sit and suffer because it's funnier that way. Uh, yes, I have considered that. I've tried to try to figure out ways to make it work. It's it's harder than I thought it would be. I know at one point I was I was doing like making like a game day. Like here's what we're making for whatever, and I posted it on one video on YouTube, and I lost like six subscribers. So nobody wanted that. But I, I think I think there's a way that you can do it that would work. I don't know. Um, it, there, there's something there. 
but I, I think honestly, if I were to do it, the best thing would be to start a new channel. I really do because, and, and the, the biggest issue with my YouTube channel now is that it's evolved so many times. You know, when I started it, it was honestly, the, the goal of it was to be the Walter Cherapinski of YouTube, you know, Walter football, the guy who, who made his whole thing basically on just doing like uh, mock drafts. That was his whole thing. And it, and it blew up wildly and YouTube didn't really have that at the time. And so I started it on YouTube and I just did mock drafts after mock drafts. It was like, you know, it was, if I could do daily, I would have, but it was like weekly mock drafts because that's how long it took me to edit. And it was incredibly successful. I mean, 20, 30, 40,000 views. Actually, I don't know if it ever hit 40,000, but it was like a Dallas Cowboys mock draft that hit like 20 some thousand. And um, I got away from it. The editing got to be too much and and everything else. And I just didn't like it. And I I guess I just kind of took it for granted because when I came back, there were dozens and dozens and dozens of people that had done, you know, draft slash mock draft things. And, and obviously these guys have blown up now. And if I, I think if I would have stuck with it, I probably wouldn't even be doing this podcast because that would have probably blown up way too big for me to be able to do this. Um, but anyways, I kind of merged it into, I want it to be like a Packers thing. And then, you know, some of the people who just want draft stuff didn't really like that. And so you got like half draft people, half Packer people. And it's just kind of this jumbled mess right now, what YouTube is. And again, I, I uploaded like a cooking video and I could see a bunch of people just being like, all right, I'm done with this dude. He uploads like once a month, maybe. And now he's uploading cooking videos. This guy's an idiot. So I, I love YouTube and I, I really wish I could have stuck to it. It just takes, it takes a lot of time, the editing and everything, uh, which is why I started. If I do it now, it's mostly live because there's no editing involved. But yeah, I, I, again, I think there's something there. I just, I don't think that'll ever... I don't think that'll ever be a thing for me. But I think the the original plan was to kind of do a little bit of like, you know, here's the game day thing, just a little bit of like food prep and then throw it on the grill and then like do a, a, a football video with the camera looking at me and like the grill smoking in the background, like be kind of like a cool thing like that. And then the video would end with like, you know, taking it, unwrapping the, the, the meat and cutting into it and everything. And it's amazing. That would be kind of the vision for how that would work. But it's just, I don't, I don't know, not able to at this point in time. Hey, Ryan, it's Craig. Hey. Uh, I was just listening to one of the other podcasts. They talked about the Packers special teams being ranked 31st. I wondered if maybe you could explain what goes into that, because I, I don't think we've missed, like, a field goal or extra point. Uh, I don't think we've allowed, like, uh, someone to run back a, a punt or kickoff uh, for uh, for a touchdown, and I, the punting – doesn't seem to be that bad. I don't know. I was just wondering what all goes into that that grade. I thought it would have been uh, much better. Thanks. Keep up the good work. Bye. See, the, the hard thing about special teams is it's such a wild unknown, and I'm guessing it probably is for a lot of PFF people too, so I don't, I don't put a huge amount of stock into it. Uh, last year we were terrible, and it was pretty painfully obvious, but I think the vast majority of the grades, because remember, all these grades are just an accumulation of, of everything, so yeah, the, the field goals and everything are fine, but that's one player on our special teams is our kicker, and our punter is one player. The vast majority of the players are the guys on punt and kickoffs that are streaming down the field, or the guys standing around trying to block when, when the ball is kicked off, or all the guys blocking on field goals, right? There's there's a ton of guys that are getting graded on every single one of those snaps. Um, so again, when, when our punter punts, he's one guy of 11. There's 10 other people getting graded. Um, and so that's where the majority of that comes from. A lot of these guys with, you know, these teams with Seattle, for example, is, is number one. And if we look at their special teams, 
It's because they've got a guy by the name of Michael Jackson with a 93 special teams grade. Tariq Woolen, 92.6 rookie. Colby Parkinson, 85.5. Daryl Johnson, 79. DJ Dallas, 76.1. Will Disley, 72.3. And then only two guys with sort of bad grades. That's the number one team. And then I'm assuming, if we look, their kicker and punter probably also are... um, and their return and no, the returners aren't really graded out very well. But again, that's just two people. Kicker has a 68 overall grade, which is pretty high for a kicker. And then punter is is a 58. So even that is not that great. But again, it's it's the other guys. It's it's the full unit, and it's just the again sort of the aggregation of all the grades put together. If you look at the Green Bay Packers, although we haven't missed a field goal, and I'm assuming almost nobody has. You know, the punter has a 62 overall grade, which is higher than the number one team. But again, it's just one guy. Uh, if you're looking at Mason, 66, that's pretty much on par. I think, what did I say? The Seattle guy had like a 67 or something. So right on par with that. But special teams, our highest graded guy is a 73 overall. They had like two or three guys in the 90s and a couple guys in the 80s. So we don't have, we have three guys in the 70s and that's it. And then we've got one guy in the 20s four guys in the 40s, and a huge pile of guys in the 50s. So it's those guys. But I honestly don't care because I I, I can see a noticeable difference that is positive. For example, one of the things that, that has me saying, you know, whatever their grade is, I don't care because I just disagree. Dallin Levitt, they gave a 45 overall grade. And here's why I say that. 31 snaps... He's made two tackles and an assist. So obviously, as I always say, you know, we're talking three plays out of 31. It's very obvious that he could have made some very bad plays uh, in other areas. But I think in particular, when you're talking about, for example, coverage, and, and this could be blocking issues that he's having or whatever, but let's just say kick and, and punt coverage. You're, go, you're streaking down the field to make a play. We just need guys that can go down and make plays. And so far, he's been a playmaker. That's what we need. We need more guys that can go down and make plays. And if he's inconsistent with that and, and kind of gets blocked out of his spot once in a while or whatever, but we still have a team that's going down and, and getting the job done, I don't I don't care as much. That's what we've been lacking are these guys that can just get down the field. And Rudy Ford is another one. That dude has been it's funny, I watched the all twenty two and I was I was just just for fun, I just watched some of the kickoffs as I was looking. I was trying to watch some other things, but I was like, while we're here, we might as well just watch it. And every single time you find the guy that's the furthest down the field, the fastest guy getting down the field, it's Rudy every time. Now, I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, dang, who the heck was that? And he's on the inside. I would have assumed Rudy was a gunner on the outside. That's usually where the gunners go. Um, I suppose, I don't even know if you have gunners on kickoff. Maybe that's just an entirely different thing. But I just assume the fast guys are on the outside. Um, but here's Rudy on the inside just flying. I had to finally get a glance at his number and saw who he was. And I was like, oh, you no kidding. But, you know, and, and Rudy has a 64 overall grade, which is he's the sixth highest graded. He has no tackles, no assists, and a missed tackle. So, you know, I, I don't know. All I know is is they're doing a better job. You know, they, they haven't done an elite job returning or anything, but just prevent disaster. That's all I need you to do. You know, don't muff any punts or kickoffs. And, you know, if you can get them down prior to the 25, that's great. Otherwise, don't let them get past that. I think that's great. And I think last week they did a phenomenal job of getting it down short. So yeah, I mean, if, if seven guys fail and, and you know, a couple guys don't, and one guy flies down and gets him down at the 18, does the, the unit as a whole is going to get a negative grade, but I'm still happy with the result. I think the only problem with negative grades is that it's pointing to impending disaster. It's, it's telling you that eventually this is going to be a problem. And we've already seen near blocked, you know, 
field goals, near blocked punts, near near blocked all these things. I think that's maybe the issue, but through two weeks so far, I'm satisfied. And, and they took a big step from week one to week two, and that's important. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Uh, all right, we got two more calls, and they're both from Mike, so buckle up. Mike? Hello, Ryan. There he is. Happy Friday. Hey, man. Mike Hebring, AKA uh, Packers Super Fan. What's up? Hey, just some real quick uh, Friday predictions for the game Sunday. Here we go. Let me pull mine up real quick. Um, first one is David Bakhtiari. David Bakhtiari will make his first start this weekend. There you go. Um, Good call. Already a done deal. Kind of a, uh, a sub prediction to that is he will not finish the game. All right. <laughs> um, he will start, but he will not finish the game. Either right. because they're going to limit him to a snap count and or um, he just physically can't get to the end of the game. Um, but he will start. So that's my first prediction. Second prediction is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers will throw two interceptions in this game. And my third prediction is, obviously, with the two interceptions, the Packers will, will probably lose this game. I just think that Tampa defense is too tough. And, yes, I know Tampa's got all kinds of questions on their offense, but at the end of the day, I don't think it matters too much because of the Tampa defense especially down there in Tampa. Um, I just don't think it's a very good matchup for the Packers. Uh, this is just the kind of defense that can uh, shut the Packers down. So uh, they're really good on the back end. Um, they got good linebackers. Um, they're going to limit our running game, and I just don't, you know, and and with David Pacquiari starting his first game, I think it's going to be a little rusty, and, and Elton Jenkins still coming up to speed. Uh, that offensive line is going to struggle a little bit yet. They'll get better as the year goes on, but they're going to struggle here on Sunday. I uh, got the Buccaneers 23, Packers 6. Hello, thanks. Did you say Packers 6? I think you said Packers 6. That's uh, that's surprisingly low. I I was pretty much with you all the way, um, almost all the way until that point. Let's go back to the top here. Um, first of all, you predicted David Bakhtiari would play. And I, I guess we don't know 100%, but it seems like 98% he's going to. So um, you nailed one. You don't think he's going to finish? Honestly, I, and I said the same thing. Um, I think he plays. My concern isn't if he's going to play. It's is he going to be able to hold up? Now, I, I don't necessarily think he'll come out this week. My, my biggest concern is the Packers play. David Bakhtari makes it to the end. Everyone bigs, does a big celebration. Yay, he played. See, everything's fine. And then he pops up on the injury report with a knee injury and he doesn't play. And, and then we got to sit and speculate, is it swollen? You know, is it filling with fluid? Like what's going on? That That's my concern. But I would I be shocked if he came out? I guess not. Even the way everybody's phrasing this is they're, they're going to try it on Sunday, which doesn't sound super optimistic. Rodgers throws two picks. Obviously, that's a stretch for Rodgers. He very rarely does that. But I can't say that I can, uh, that that's, I mean, it is unlikely, but I can absolutely get there. And, you know, the biggest reason is, you know, number one, there's going to be, so it's, it's an away game in Florida, in the heat, all that stuff. But beyond that, the, the formula for kind of a meltdown game is, is there in as far as not only is the defense going to give us a hard time, but the other element of this is by not having Sammy Watkins in this game, 
and probably needing to rely on the rookies more, I think that's going to lead to more miscommunications, as I think I just said recently, unless that was in the last podcast. I don't know. I lose lose count and track of everything. And although I do think a lot of the interceptions were, you know, from last week, the result of Jameis Winston being a terrible quarterback, they are a very good DB group. And if you're making mistakes, and if balls are slightly off target because of pressure, or if guys are not where they're supposed to be standing and the ball ends up behind them and you can just see with them reaching back and the ball pops up in the air, I could see it. I I, I would say if you said one, I'd probably be on board with you because it, it seems probably more likely than not that there's going to be at least one with, with all the reasons I just stated. Two's pushing it, but we're just kind of in hot take territory, I guess. And then the loss, like I said, in, in you know, in tomorrow on the podcast, I go all in with the Packers win because why not? Let's get hyped up for the game. But as I've said a few times, you know, in my heart, everything says it's a loss, right? My head says it's a win, but my head usually says most of the losses are wins. I very rarely look at the two rosters and whatnot and say, I think we, we we're not going to win this. But 23-6, I just don't really see. I mean, that's that's a that's a real bad implosion. And by the way, that's two massive implosions in three weeks, which, you know, maybe, but I'm not, again, I'm just not 100% there with you. Good morning, Ryan. Hi. Mike Hebring, a.k.a. Packers Superfan. Hey, Mike. Hey, Ryan. Uh, listen to the podcast this morning, and uh, your, your, your kind of your review of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, and uh, the injury report. And uh, I, I was listen, And one thought I had in regards to Mercedes Lewis, um, you know, obviously he popped up on the injury report this week, and he's question, I think he's questionable whether or not he's going to play. Um, looks like he was good to go for practice yesterday on Friday, so that's a good sign. <laughs> but I, I'm just curious, and I just want to run this by and see what you think. You know, clearly they're not using him in the passing game whatsoever. I mean, um, you know, you can check the stats, but I don't think he's got a target uh, in the first two games. Um, and, you know, he didn't. He did not get many targets last year either. I mean, they're just basically using him as that 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 uh, sixth offensive lineman um, in those sets that they 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 have him on the field. So I was just wondering, you know, if Mercedes Lewis for some reason is is, is hurt for a while, or you know, maybe not this time, but say down later in the season, could they use Zach Tom in that role? I mean, because really Mercedes is just a, an extra lineman at this point. Could they use Zach Tom? You know, with his 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 footwork and. You know he's a little bit, a little bit uh, lighter on his feet, kind of a, kind of a tackle. Could he play that position and just, you know, obviously you would take away the passing threat, but you know they don't use Mercedes in that anyway. Just get, just was curious what you think. Thanks. Yeah, so it looks like um, Mercedes Lewis has been on the offense 54 times. They've used him as a receiver 10 times, and he does. You're right, have zero targets, zero receptions. Um. I definitely think he's being utilized differently than you would an offensive lineman. However, I do think it's weird they don't do that once in a while. I mean, if they're 95% sure Mercedes Lewis is just operating as an offensive lineman, I understand you're maybe giving away a little bit by putting in an offensive lineman and making them sure of it. But so what? Because, you know, again, Lewis is, is a good blocker. As far as tight ends go, I think we overrate him a little bit. But compared to an offensive lineman, he does not compare. He just doesn't. I mean, if you made him an offensive tackle, he'd be the worst tackle in football. You watch him against linebackers and corners and safeties, he'll, he'll do a real good job. But you put him in uh, on the line against edge rushers and stuff, and yeah, I mean, he, I'm sure that you, 
you'll find that couple of clips or whatever of him kind of holding his own against a pass rusher or whatever, but he does not compare. And, you know, at his age and everything, I don't even know that he necessarily has the athleticism of a 22-year-old, you know, athletic offensive tackle. Sure, he does to some degree, but I, yeah, I, I, I guess I, I'm, I'm sure there's a very good reason for it, but I'm, I'm, I guess, surprised that they don't at least do it once in a while. You know, you come out with your two tight ends, or, or, or at the very least, how about if you're coming out in a run-heavy set, rather than Mercedes Lewis and Tyler Davis, how about Mercedes Lewis and Zach Tom? Or, or Sean Ryan, if you want just a, or, or Caleb Jones, if you just want this big mauler out there, you know? So, I mean, you're definitely not going to just replace Mercedes Lewis. They do use him as a receiver. They use him in different ways. He probably does have much more athleticism and movement ability and, and different things that you can do with him. But, um, yeah, I guess I, I am a little curious as to why it's, it's zero times that you put in just an extra offensive lineman, considering tight ends act as extra offensive linemen a bunch of times. Does the fact that he's an eligible receiver really, like, make that big of a difference? I don't know. It's a good question for somebody. Not for me, though. We do have one more caller. Uh, we got uh, Brett calling in. What's up, Brett? Hey, it's Brett from Merrimack. Hey, Brett. How about that win last week against the Bears? That's pretty good. Loving at the enemy episode, by the way. I was wondering, who do you think is going to win between Quay Walker and Leonard Fournette? Take out the rookie aspect and the veteran aspect. If you had those two in an Oklahoma drill, (laughs) who do you think would win? Quay or Leonard? Hmm. Also, Um, I want to be a homer here, but Leonard Fournette is a truck. I mean, he's he's a he's a mean dude. Um, I know Quay's a real good tackler. Um, I mean, if we're just talking Oklahoma drill, I, I probably probably do Leonard Fournette. I think he'd probably mess him up, but you know, it wouldn't be ten times out of ten. But that that would probably be my uh, unfortunately that would be my thought because again, Fournette is he might not be the the, the uh, all the that he was billed to be. You know, when he was picked number four overall. But he, if nothing else, he is a big, massive, and his speed is ridiculous, which you add, you know, speed and mass and whatever, something about physics, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I'd probably, unfortunately, take Fournette. I hear all these rumors that David Bakhtiari is Bach. <laughs> Wonder how many, if he'll be on a snack count. Love to hear your thoughts. Good one. Big game tomorrow. <laughs> Hopefully we can come out with a W. But I'm also going to bet with you how many plays do you think will be pivotal in the game between the Packers and the Buccaneers where Tom Brady ultimately gets the upper hand because he's Tom Brady. Oh. Even though it should be a Packers call, I'm sure the Bucks will get the call. All right. Go Pack Go. All right. So yes, uh Bach Tiari is supposedly Bach. I be Bach. And I am Bach. How'd it go? No, no, Pam. I'm Bach. For good. So yeah, he's he's uh he's back, I think. Um, but you wanted to bet how many calls should go to the Packers, but we'll go to we'll call it the Buccaneers, but what we really mean is Tom Brady. I hate to play this game because so many people do this to the Packers and it annoys me, but I also hate Tom Brady, and um, so I'm I'm willing to play the game. 
I don't hate Tom Brady. I, I just, I, it's the football player I don't like. The, the guy seems fine. He should go home to his family. Sounds like they miss him. Anyways, did you hear about that, by the way? I didn't even know. I don't really pay attention to the whole drama thing, like with anything at all, unless it's shoved down my throat like Aaron Rodgers or whatever. But there was a host of one of these shows, and she's all geeked out about the drama. And she started talking about how, you know, he was supposed to take off Wednesdays, and now he's not, and that's a big deal. And I was like, well, so what? It's because his receivers are not coming back. Turns out, though, Tom Brady said specifically he's taking off Wednesdays for his family because they've earned at least that much. And then he goes and takes it away from them. (laughs) You flat out said they have earned this, they deserve this, and you're taking it away because football's more important, your word's not mine. That's going to cause some problems, especially with... Supposedly, there's some uh, rocky stuff going on to begin with. But um, I would be stunned if less than three times I don't like flip over furniture because a call doesn't go our way. That seems pretty clear to me. And, and I'm not going to be able to say anything on Twitter because we're Packer fans and we're not allowed to complain about the refs because everybody thinks that we cheat more than everybody else in the universe. But I'll, I'll say, I'll set the over-under at three. <laughs> I'll let you call back and uh, tell me what, what you got. But uh, Braxton, I appreciate the call. Appreciate all the callers. Mike, Craig, Dennis, Brandon, Joe, Batman, Nico. Big game coming up, so make sure you get in your calls. Do it before, during, and after. Either way, anyway, it's all good. Just uh, get it in so we can do a post-game Packernet After Dark show. But I will talk to you later. Have a good one. Bye-bye. first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com